New York, it's Ask an Engineer. Hey everybody, and welcome to Ask an Engineer. It's me, Lady Ada, the engineer. It says so down there, that's how you know. With me, Mr. Lady Ada on camera control. Uh, we're here at the Ada Food Factory that's behind us. It's a real factory. We do manufacturing and uh, electronic goodies here in downtown uh, Manhattan, the Adafruit headquarters. Uh, it's a little quiet right now because everyone's gone home except us. That's why machines are off and we are here right. doing our video show to do every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. It's time for Ask Engineer. Yeah, Guys, from New show. York, that video and the intro. Oh uh, yeah, we were, that was this weekend. Yeah, uh, there was lots of pride festivities uh, and that's just a little recap of some of our day that we had. We like to bring in the sights and sounds of New York City. It's one of the reasons a lot of people tune All in. the joy without the vomit on the streets. It's a good yeah. time. All right, well, we got an exciting show for you tonight, including all sorts of new news. We do. Um, Cutting edge news. On tonight's show, the code is, it is hot because uh, it is hot outside. So 10% off native withdrawal all the way up to probably like 10 p.m. or until I remember to turn off the code. Put stuff in your cart, get ready. We also have new products at the end, but put stuff in. It is hot, it is hot, it is hot, it is hot. It's mega um, hot. I'll, I'll do a little bit of a reminder about the holiday that's coming up. We're gonna talk about our Adafruit Live series of shows, including show and tell, briefly go over it. Time travel, lots of news this week in the world of makers, hackers, artists, engineers, you name it. It's it's covered. This is Adafruit News Network this week. Some help wanted jobs from the Adafruit Jobs Board, jobs.adafruit.com. You can post your skills, or if you're a company, you can get really great makers, talented people in the community. Post up your job there. Main New York City factory footage. Got a 3D printing speed up. We have everyone's favorite segment, Ion MPI, brought to you by DigiKey and Adafruit. We got some new products. We got some top secret. We're going to answer your questions. We do that over on Discord, Adafruit.com. IT slash Discord, join all 29,000 of us. You can hang out there all the time, and you can also ask questions throughout the show, but we answer them live at the end. Um, but you can ask questions anytime, and during the show, other folks in the community might answer it as well. All that and more on, you guessed it, Ask an Engineer. Woohoo! All right, so first up, um, don't forget that code, it is hot. Uh, if you do order stuff, uh, it's America time here at Adafruit. Um, these are our holidays, in case you ever want to go, you can just look on our page that we have, um, Seda for shipping holidays. Um, and this is Independence Day yeah, coming up. So this is Independence Day, but it's also a holiday, so we're doing, we're giving everybody off on Friday and Monday, so, and some folks are leaving on Thursday, some folks are taking off Tuesday, because uh, we survived the last 18 months, and so it's, it's definitely a, a company holiday. There's some folks that are going to be doing some stuff because they want it to be like a float holiday for them. But for the most part, nothing's going to ship out till Tuesday. So just keep that in mind. So if you're using the code and you're wondering what's going on, it's because it's America time. Yay. So uh, that being said. Go America. Free stuff. Freedom. Uh, Lady Ada, Freedom when, isn't when, free. When people put things in their cart, they get but free stuff. But these things are. What do they get? Okay, $99 or more, you get a free Permaproto half-size breadboard. It's our custom PCB that's great for soldering your circuits, too. $149 or more, you get a free... Stemma QT board. We uh, select from our assortment of about 20 different boards that we have in stock. You'll get a different one each time if you make an account, so make an account and we'll make sure that we don't send you a duplicate, unless of course you've made like 30 orders. Uh, 199 or more, you get a free UPS ground shipping that's in the continental United States. And 299 or more, you get a Circuit Playground Express, our Sam D21 based board with 10 NeoPixels, two buttons, a switch, a button, a, a piezo speaker, microphone, sensors of all sorts, capacitive touch, USB and battery. It's great for getting your coding or maker project off the ground. There's no soldering required, and it supports Arduino, CircuitPython, Code.org, CS Discoveries, and MakeCode. All right, we have a bunch of live shows. Uh, we do it's show true. and tell. Show and tell, we just did 7.30 p.m. every single Wednesday. We'll have our next week and all the weeks forward for as long as uh, we're doing this thing. We uh, also do Desk of Lady Ada, and that's on Sunday. This Sunday, um, we're not going to have it, but we're probably going to just do a special segment and release it at some point. Um, this uh, previous Sunday, though, what did you show off on Desk of Lady Ada? Okay, so we first did Mailbag because um, I'm working on some circuits that I'm going to order, but um, I showed off a layout for the uh, IS31 FL3741 um, that I, I talked about a couple weeks ago. So I, I'm doing a breakout for it and I'm sort of slowly routing all 139 or whatever LEDs uh, you can see here. Um, and then I also showed off uh, flip-flop designs and some cool uh, pudding, milk pudding caps for the macro pad yeah. sample. So, uh, and then we went to the great search. 
Yeah. And um, we talked about um, how to how to design boards in a part extreme part shortage situation where you want to maybe make boards that support multiple packages. Um, in this case, it was either QFN or SOIC or TDFN or SOIC, so that if you can't get one package of the chip, but you get in a different package, right? Same equivalent functionality, but just different physical size. Um, you can you can design your PCB to support either. And I also show uh, a couple tips and tricks from how to read the data sheet to make sure that you're getting the right part and uh, finding alternatives. That's kind of all I do all, every day. I'm looking for alternatives, redesigning boards. Uh, to deal with this part shortage that I don't see much end in sight for at least six months. All right. Um, speaking of no end in sight, every single Tuesday, JP does a JP product pick of the week. Here is a highlight from this week. The Trinky QD2040 is a USB key and a QD RP2040 all in one. I have a magnetometer plugged into it over the Stemma QTI squared C. And then I'm going to go ahead and plug it into a hub that's plugged into my computer. I'm going to run Python code on the computer that is then using the USB connectivity of the Trinky to access the sensor here. So if I take a magnet and go ahead and move it towards and away from that little magnet sensor, you can see I have the values changing in the little terminal there, as well as the NeoPixel that's built onto the Trinky. Uh, updating and increasing its brightness or decreasing its brightness. So that is one really cool way that you can use the Trinky, which is as a sort of go-between for your Python on your computer to talk to circuit Python-based devices. It is the Trinky QD2040. All right, also coming up, JP's workshop is tomorrow. And um, here's a preview of some of the things he's gonna show. And then we're gonna show the latest uh, CircuitPython Parsec. So we're going to do this back to okay. back. Okay, keyboards and synths, two things that JP loves. For the CircuitPython Parsec today, I wanted to talk about playing a WAV file, an audio WAV file inside of CircuitPython on a microcontroller. <laughs> the key here is that we have this library called AudioCore, and from there we can import the WAV file. And once we have that, we can go ahead and open up a WAV file that's on disk. So you can see here I've got four WAV files loaded onto my little cutie pie sitting right there. And then I have a little, key, little macro keyboard, actually that's that 1x4 plugged in there, so I can pick some different samples. So I open those WAV files, I assign them to the WAV file object, and then I am actually going to do something fun here. I'm going to play them back at different sample rates, which will speed up and slow down the samples. Uh, so Next thing I'm doing is setting up I squared C so that I can use my little uh, 1x4 Neo key here. And then playing back WAV files once you have them opened is as easy as audio.play and then the name of the WAV object that you created. So in, the, in this case I have audio.play WAV0, WAV1, WAV2, and WAV3. Now when I click on these keys you're going to hear... <laughs> That is how easy it is to play back a WAV file inside of CircuitPython, and that is your CircuitPython Parsec.
All right, and then Friday, Scott's doing a deep dive. If you watch show and tell, you can see some of the web Bluetooth stuff. It's doing. really cool. I'm looking yeah. really forward to it. So if you, if people remember what it was like to program for CircuitPython, remember that when you would have to upload code and then verify it, and yeah. like every time you wanted to change something, and then uh, Scott came around and said, "Hey, what if we just reload code on save?" He's doing the same thing wirelessly, so you can use. Uh, he's working on making it so Bluetooth low energy, and then maybe in the future, Wi-Fi, you'll be able to program your boards with CircuitPython and, again, instantly reboot on save and instantly transmit over wireless. So he's so cool. All right, time travel. Going to look around world makers, hackers, artists, engineers, and more. Uh, first up, and I'm going to put the links in the chat. This is super, super duper important. Super important. Adabox will be shipping in a couple weeks. We have very few slots. We opened up some more slots. Yeah, so we opened up... A An extra hundred, hundred slots. We opened up a couple hundred slots because we're not doing Europe and Switzerland, Switzerland and UK, and UK anymore. So those are filling up already. I think when I, as soon as we opened it up, we were down to like 150. So if you go to adabox.com, sign up, there's things that you're going to want from the Adafruit store, and they're not going to be available because they're going to sell fast, and or there's going to be a part shortage. So this is the best way to get what you want, which is Adafruit stuff. It also supports the company, also supports everybody here, and it's also a very fun thing to do. So adabox.com, and it's gonna be shipping in July, and if you've seen any of the previous Adaboxes, uh, I think this is gonna be one of our best ones. Uh, this one's so, gonna be a very popular one, people don't really like it. I'm it's great value, and uh, I think it's, it's you know, here's the good news, we're not including masks anymore, and hopefully we won't ever have to include masks yeah. in Adabox again. <laughs> We did that because we had to. We had to. We did our movie. part. We did our part. Um, so that is now in all of the chats if you want to join. Yeah. And uh, please do. Okay. Once we, by the way, it, once it closes out, we can't make new slots. That's right. Like, that's it. We can't, like, oh, well, we have a couple stored in the back. There ain't none stored in the back. Once we're full, we're full. Yeah. And we're at the point where, like, to get all these data boxes out, we might not be able to add more slots for a while anyways. So this is, get reserve your place. Yeah, well once you're in, you're in. Yeah. All right, next up, um, this is a continuation of uh, the Speak and Spell video series that Phil B did. Take it away. Master Phil Speak B. and Spell. Bear with me, one more about Speak and Spell. A couple years back, in the spirit of those retro game consoles, a sort of remake was made. Outwardly, it does look pretty close, and it plays the same sort of spelling games. What I found disappointing is it's all new recordings with modern fidelity. It doesn't have the original accent, which was most of the charm, really. Next spell, surgeon. Let's take a look inside. The original was popular for circuit bending, making weird music. Here you can access the speech ROM, the decoder, and the CPU. In the remake, most of it's under an epoxy blob. It's a mystery. In the corner, though, a common flash chip, which likely has all the recorded audio. And if you're patient, you could decode that, perhaps reprogram it with all those swear words you always wanted. Otherwise, it's just a lot of air inside, and maybe the best hack potential is simply as an enclosure for something like a Raspberry Pi. Or there is an Arduino library that emulates the original speech chip. All right, and every single day, Monday through Friday, unless it's a holiday, Collins Lab Notes, we're gonna play these back to back as well. Um, but we have an entire playlist of these on all of our social media channels and more. So if you ever wanted just to have a full hour day of Colin, this is the best way to do it. People ask, and this is how you do it. Back to back. Installing an operating system on your Raspberry Pi is easier than ever. Download and install Raspberry Pi Imager to a computer with an SD card reader. Then open the Imager. Insert an SD card you want to install to. Choose the operating system to install, most likely Raspberry Pi OS. Optionally, you can pre-configure the OS at this point by pressing Ctrl-Shift-X. Then choose your SD card. Write. Verify, and your system is ready to operate. You may have noticed certain chips are available in a much brighter package material. Not vintage white ceramic, but a white plastic body. Most often worn by optocoupler ICs like the 6N138 and 4N25, with no readily available explanation. And I'm guessing manufacturers wouldn't suddenly start prioritizing color coordination outside of 
PC motherboards at least. But after some digging, I did find a datasheet from Fairchild comparing test results of the same opto-isolator in light and dark variants. The white package showed a much lower capacitance between input and output pins, which seems to contribute to overall faster switching speeds. It does make sense when you imagine the dark material absorbing some of the light from the optocoupler signal, and brighter materials reflecting that light. One piece of info you're likely to find printed on the top of an IC is a date code, specifying when the IC was made. It's especially helpful when a manufacturer needs to identify a defective batch of chips. Date codes are most often listed in the YYWW format, the first two numbers being the last two digits of the calendar year, and the second two digits being the week number. So this Atmega328 was produced in the 47th week of 2013, which was the week of November 17th. Of course, to keep things interesting, some chip makers list the week number before the year, so when in doubt, check the manufacturer's documentation for their particular method. The Ultimate GPS is a breadboard-friendly breakout with built-in data logging, a ceramic patch antenna, as well as a UFL connector for connecting an external antenna. This one is thick, so it'll probably be hard to desolder. But I've got my hot air station and a positive attitude. And if those don't work, there's always the mini hot plate. You can see some of the components sloshed around in the molten solder including the prominent MTK339 GPS chip. It's supported by a 32 kilohertz crystal as well as a 16 megahertz temperature controlled crystal oscillator. That center post, of course, is the antenna path. It feeds through an amplifier, then a filter before entering the GPS chip. A solderless breadboard is the natural choice to connect all those development and breakout boards you've been collecting. It's fast and easy to configure. But beginners often think breakout boards are solderless too, sometimes mounting them loosely on the short ends of the header, other times pinning the board down using the long ends. Mechanically speaking, it is fairly stable, but electrically speaking, it's not. Unless you're using boards with secure connectors like a STEMIQT or Grove, you do need to solder in those headers cut or snap your header down to match the number of pads on your board. Plug the long legs down into the breadboard, place the breakout on top, then solder all the pins. Now that's electrically connected. All right, so tune in for more Colin next week. It'll probably be Tuesday, it'll be the next one. That's right, because we got that long weekend. All right, help wanted, jobs.adafruit.com. This is our jobs board. We review all of them, make sure there's no sketchy, scammy things. Great time to get a job. You want to work remote? Yeah. So this week, we got three. Um, we got a lot. So, And the trend now is a lot of people are doing stuff in CircuitPython. No. So someone wants CircuitPython coder. Uh, they want a CircuitPython coder needed for Adafruit Matrix Portal project, a CircuitPython project, and a color object tracker or a object color tracking one of the two. A good Raspberry Pi project. Yeah. A lot of people, they're like, I've built projects like this before. Well, you get paid for it now. Yep. All right, time for some Python on hardware time. There is so much going on every single week. Please subscribe to the newsletter. We're getting close to like, I think, 9,000 people who read this thing. Oh. Um, so uh, some highlights. I'm going to go over the big one in yeah. a bit. Uh, we did an interview with TI. That's going to be what I focus on. Uh, we have an Adafruit, uh, Adabox reminder. Um, we now have... Keypad, support for vector and matrix key scanning in CircuitPython. Yes, you no longer have to do it by hand. Look, you could always do it by hand, but now it's done for you in CircuitPython, debalanced, and you get yep. events, so it's like so easy to build your keypad-powered projects. Great for the new MacroPad that just came out. Um, we're keeping everybody updated on microcontroller shortages. It ain't eight weeks. I don't know, 18 weeks. I don't know where they came up with the 18 weeks. I'm yeah. saying 95-week lead times. They get notified, notified every day. Um, one over our camera support that we're doing. There's Yay. an online editor for CircuitPython. Yay. Deep dives with Scott. And then Beans. the news from around the web, um, it goes on and on and on forever. Projects, 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 projects. And there's still a lot of keyboard stuff. 
Um, keyboards, projects, Picos, keyboards, Trinkies. Yeah. So this week's, um, oh, and we also went over all of the um, MicroPython, CircuitPython things inside of Hackspace magazine this week. Um, so check it out. You can also read it on the web at all times. And uh, it has our stats, all the things that we're doing with CircuitPython and more. And this week's highlight from it is, uh, so we saw this calculator come out. Can you hand me the box? Box. Yeah, so this is the box. This is uh, the TI-84 plus CE Python edition. And uh, we're like, wow, this is kind of interesting. And the TI calculator forums, because um, there's a big, gigantic TI calculator community, said, oh, this is running a fork of CircuitPython. And I'm like, really? So I uh, tweeted with the folks at TI Calculator and, um, or, and TI Education, and they um, were able to get us questions, uh, sorry, get us answers back to some questions. So their team allowed us to interview them, which is really neat. And basically, the interview talks about, well, why are people using these calculators? Why Python? Um, they also have a really neat history of the TI Calculator timeline, by the way. Oh, great. Yeah, great proceed. Okay. Cool. <laughs> no, I'm up. okay. These are cool. I like that first one. That so great. It was so I have to say, like I've been interviewing CEOs and interviewing developers and engineers mm -hmm. and business leaders and founders. And uh, I recently did the Siemens um, interview because yeah. I acquired Supply Frame and Hackaday and Tindy. And uh, I'm always thankful for when anyone gets back to us because uh, we're Although we're an electronics company, we're maybe one of the only independent entities talking about electronics now. Yeah. So this is interesting for us, and um, it's one of the reasons we still like to be a publisher. That's why we have a blog and all that. So um, go through and check this out. It's on our blog. And I just wanted to focus on a couple pieces. Uh, why add Python? Uh, because every calculator that we have been purchasing lately has yeah. Python on it. Yeah. There's the NumWorks. There's the Casio. There's the multiple TIs, so I'm just like, why? Like, I would love to hear from TI. Why? And they say coding skills are basic, literally liter literacy these days, and introducing students to one of the fastest-growing programming languages in the world gives students knowledge they can apply to future STEM careers by providing Python on our TI-83, TI-84, and TI-Inspire graphic calculator. Students can learn to program using the same dedicated distraction-free tool they're already familiar with from math and science courses. That's cool. Cool. Um, and then I want to know, like, okay, like, you know, what are some of the features? They say that. And then, like, you know, the most important question for me was, like, why'd you pick CircuitPython? And they said, CircuitPython meets our needs for Python functionality in a constrained hardware environment. That's cool. Okay. Um, and then uh, we asked if they'd willing to put some upstream stuff up there, and they said they file bugs and provided test cases in MicroPython for some of their changes. And um, then they had uh, a list of the accessories that you'll be able to plug stuff into and use Python, CircuitPython, to control things. And then uh, we have this uh, really big uh, graphic. So what we to, did was... Uh, go to the overhead? And yeah, I'm going to go to the overhead in a second. So what we did is we, uh, we have one of these. We cracked it open. Cracked it open. And we actually saw the chip. And they put a chip on there just to do this. Yeah. So, so there it is. So close. Yeah, so that little pink dot there on the right is where a fork of circuit I, I like to imagine that the keyway dot is pink because blink is pink. And then this yeah. is the flash memory that goes with it. So there you go. All right. Um, so that is. Blink and lives here. All right, next up, we have a bunch of news. This is breaking news. This happened right before the show. So uh, open hard source hardware segment, and patent trolls are a thing. We've been, uh, there's been an attempt to extort Adafruit uh, five times now by patent trolls. And usually they start out with letters that are threatening, and they're like, give us money or else. It's cheaper if you just give us money. And so we're like, well, like, let's talk to our lawyers. And so far, we've been successful dealing with patent trolls. Um, usually they say, well, you know, it's not a good idea to uh, publicize that you, you, you know, you were victorious against them uh, for these extortion things. And so we just do what our lawyers had said. But we knew at some point there would be a suit that was filed. Inevitable. Um, not just the extortion letter, pay us or else, the just you, lawsuit. Um, but this time, um, this wasn't us. So this is on the SparkFun site. SparkFun has an article. 
and it's called um, Sparkfun gets hooked by hooks a patent troll. So here it is here, and, um, and this I, is cool. I did f I, when I. This I is, think it's cool. So uh, Sparkfun style and Nate, the, the founder specifically, is to okay. This is like what this patent troll is doing. This is a little different. So Nate posted up the previous extortion letters from the past. And sounds like Sparkfun got the similar ones that we did. Razdog. Um, but this one in particular, they just decided to file. They just so, went straight to suit. Well, they technically don't have to send a letter. You don't have to yeah, warn them. Yeah, straight up just filing. Which is interesting. And it's from Altair Logic. And uh, let me just put it back on the graphic here. And um, the reason we're showing this is because it's on the Sparkfun site. Nate, the founder, is talking about it. This isn't just like, hey, you know, look at, look, look at this thing that no one knows about. Um, it's public. And so um, Nate breaks this down and says, basically, it's an expired patent. It's a bogus patent. And what they want, which is kind of the weirdest thing, is uh, royalties on the PC Duino. Now, I don't know if you all remember. We never stocked a PC Duino. It just That's wasn't our thing. That's a long time it was, ago. It was a terrible name. Didn't like the product. Single board Linux computer. Yeah. Link Sprite, the company, we had some run-ins with them because they kept taking Lemoore's name off code and saying it was theirs. Don't do that. Don't do that. So we didn't. We basically we never stopped stock the PC Duino. But this patent troll is saying to Sparkfun, look, we want to know how many sales you had for the PC Duino during this time that you were selling it, and that's what they're. Uh, it is a lawsuit. So um, the thing that I didn't know, and now I do now, because I always wondered how many did Sparkfun sell. Um, Nate says, and I'll quote here. He said they sold 221 units over the entire time they carried PC Duino. And they figured out the royalties, and he said, "You want to sue us for 500?" Well, there's there's a reason. Like there there is this thing in patent law where there's like a reasonable royalty. Like, you can't ask for 200 percent of royalties, right? You can't yeah. ask for an unreasonable amount. So it's not, you know, about 10 percent, right? Is kind of the max that you could expect to to get a lawyer to actually unless a judge to agree to. So saying yeah. like, look, you have 200 units, and they're like 50 bucks a piece. You're not going to get more than a couple hundred dollars. Yeah. So check this out. It's a really good article on Sparkfun. The last time there was an article like this. Uh, they, someone who had the Spark trademark went after them, and they, they publicized that. So um, that is, uh, you know, like I said, when I saw this, I'm just like, oh, yeah, like, Nate's going to do a post about this, and Nate did. Yeah. So check it out, and uh, I'm going to correspond with them, see if they need any help. But um, it's, like, basically, like, this A9 processor, if you ever sold anything with it, like, they're coming after they you. Th yeah, it, it's not actually. I mean, the patent is, is bullshit. It doesn't apply, yeah. but, like... They think that if you're selling something that or has Or if you expressed. sold it a long time ago. Or if you ago. sold it. Yeah, yeah, this is for like back sales in 2015. Yeah. All right. Don't they know that there's been a pandemic since then? So more open source hardware. Okay. Um, I have follow-ups from uh, the last week topic, which was, are closed source libraries allowed in the Arduino library manager? And yes. And so the reason we asked is because we saw the microchip uh, Q-Touch. MCP. MCP. Yeah, remember yeah, my yeah, touch yeah. library. Yeah. And it's a closed source thing. It actually says like you cannot, there's no source code. Right. You can distribute it, but right. there's no source code. Right. That's that's part of the, the license. And it says, uh, you agree and acknowledge you use these terms of license below. So there's, everything kind of turns into like, first like Arduino community and then Arduino business. So a long time ago, like Arduino was a smaller company, Adafruit was a smaller company, and we would correspond about what are we doing in open source together? What are we doing? So behind the scenes or privately or even at conferences, it was like, Arduino was not going to put in closed source stuff in the library. And we're like, okay, cool. We won't either, or we'll like, we'll ask or whatever. We like doing open source, but this, mm -hmm. that's good to know. So um, what I did was I got clarity because there's now this microchip one in there. There's an yeah. open source thing that we did that you can use if you don't want to use the closed source one. But we wanted to know because we get asked, and this is the problem, and this is why like we're not open source cops. We don't care. Arduino can do whatever they want, but we get asked, like, oh, if I use your stuff with this, with this, Well, we actually had companies ask us, can we have libraries close binaries? And yeah. I said, oh, well, those are not allowed in the library manager. Yes. And that's actually turns out not true. That wasn't true. So now we do know. So now, now we know. It is a fact. You can have closed source libraries in the Arduino library Precompiled binary blobs can be in libraries and can be listed in the Arduino library manager. Yeah. Do we want them in there? No. Are we going to make closed source ones and put them in there? No. The reasons that they might be in there, and this is why um, it's good they have a, 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 let me make sure I get the title right. This is from Alessandro, the head of Maker Business Open Source and Community. Um, why would you want this in there? And they basically said there's two reasons. Um, one would be if it's a trusted silicon vendor, microchip, 
and it provides lots of value. They still prefer open source, but that's how it is. And, you know, that's probably the number one reason, but there's sometimes like a Linux machine, like it's linked to closed source things to get like certain That's things true. to work. Look, Wi-Fi, so like well look, you know, you, it, everyone remembers like, oh, you want the Bluetooth or Wi-Fi module to work, you have to download a binary firmware, there's like in yeah. Debian, there's, you can, you can have different package managers and like some repos have non-free. I think it's just a matter of, of communication. Now, like we have clear yeah. communication. So uh, here's what I've learned. No matter what's happened in the past with the beginning of open source projects, it's always good to get clarity now because we always assume no closed source was allowed in. That's not, apparently it was always okay, but now we have clarity. They gave us something, I posted up verbatim. So my next question back, which I just sent over, is is there any clarity we can get for Arduino files? So if you buy an Arduino, you can get the Eagle files, you can get the yes, schematics and PDF, you get the fritzing. Um, it says documentation, open source hardware schematics. The Arduino Nano 33 BLE is open source hardware. You can build in your own boards using the following files. Download the Eagle file, all of that and more. However, the new boards, the Portenta, um, or newish, I mean, they've been released for like, like a year or two. About a year. Yeah. Um, these say something different. It says open source hardware schematics. However, now it says study how the Portenta board works using the following files. So there is no downloadable PCB file. You can get schematics, you can get the data sheet. There is a viewer for Altium, but the viewer is this uh, embedded encrypted viewer that has this little GPG thing. And Arduino currently says all of their boards are open source. All Arduino boards are completely open source. Powering enables you to build them independently and eventually adapt them to their particular needs. They have stickers. There's open source hardware definition. We all worked on it for a year. It says you have to have the files in some type of editable format, whatever they were made. Everyone on the Arduino team signed it. Lady Ada signed it. Nate from Sparkman signed it, speaking of Nate. And so that was my next question, because clarity is good. Is the pro line different than the regular Which Arduino? Which is fine. Which is fine. Don't care. We don't care. Because um, now we know about libraries. So now when people ask us, I can send them a link to this time-coded video. Next up, we're an open source hardware company. You know, I know we post our files and we do all that. So yes. That's how I know. Um, we have 2,500 guides. Yay! That's our big, that's our big news. Tonight, I know. So. We got to 2,500. I wasn't even keeping track of it. And then you told me yeah. and I was like, oh, yeah. All right. So we have 2,501, actually. What's on the big board this week, Lady Ada? Okay, so on the big board this week is we've got the macro pad guides that Ketney wrote. We've got a rotary trinky uh, project that um, Tim C. Foamy guy uh, took on, and that is um, using a rotary trinky to send uh, brightness up and down commands uh, to a mobile app, a mobile device. It's an interesting example of how you can use um, USB and HID and CircuitPython to um, communicate and control a mobile device without having to write an app, which I thought was interesting. Uh, we also have the uh, how to capture camera images with CircuitPython, so we've added that capability to do parallel image capture in CircuitPython for RP2040, ESP32, S2, and uh, SAMD51, sort of, kind of. Um, so check it out if you'd like to uh, use a camera with CircuitPython to grab raw binary data. And uh, Dan Halbert also published a guide about the keypad and matrix scanning capability that is now added in CircuitPython. We've got a Kitty Tobin keypad from Noen Pedro, and we'll show the guide. And then you had a little um, PyLeap device-enabled project yeah, that that's is a, a secret. It's basically a top secret that's not. So you'll top be secret. able to browse the Learn system with the app, and that app will be able to get the code down. And we're calling these device-enabled guides. We also have a NeoKey 1x4 uh, breakout. I don't remember if that was out last year, or last week, or this week. And of course, the uh, QT2040 guide yeah. as well. So I think we're caught up all of our products that we've been releasing the last couple of weeks should not have guides. And we have a uh, one minute video from Foamy Guy on that crank project. Hello everybody, Foamy Guy here. In this video, I'm gonna show you the latest project that I've been working on. This rotary trinky brightness crank device can help folks who want to limit their usage of social media and tech devices. The rotary trinky makes this project easy. It requires just a rotary encoder, a USB OTG cable, and some 3D printed parts. When I plug the device in, you'll see that my phone's screen brightness will go down after just a few seconds automatically. In order to keep the brightness steady, 
you must crank the device at a medium speed. So you can see my device uh, brightness is going down. If I crank it at a medium speed, the brightness will stay steady. And if I want the brightness to go back up, I have to crank the arm even faster. Researchers at UC Berkeley recently used a similar device to study how adding physical activity can help dissuade people from mindlessly scrolling to consume content. And we have some main New York City factory footage. And it wouldn't be main New York City factory footage without some time lapse. Whoa, they from, put stuff inside. That's right. So this is the Disney headquarter thing. They're trying building. to trying to put things in there. Yeah. All right. I wonder if that's parking. Next, uh, 3D printing with Noah Pedro. This week we just have one thing. We've got to speed up. Take it away. Pokeball. Noah Pedro. So don't forget to tune in every single Wednesday for 3D Hangouts with Noah and Pedro. All right, Lady Ada, it is time. You ready? Yes. This week, not only is Ion MPI brought to you by DigiKey, but the Ion MPI is from DigiKey. Oh my god, I know. It's like a weird... I heard you like DigiKey, so we put DigiKey in your DigiKey. I know. This is the first time that we've had a DigiKey product as a DigiKey Ion MPI, but it's a really good one. And maybe there'll be more in the future. So um, this week, we just got our copy of the DigiKey Innovation Handbook, version one. Uh, so this is the product, and they have a nice uh, print of the cover. So what is this? It's a notebook with um, reference and um, uh, gridded paper inside of it that you can uh, design your projects with. And it also gives you quick reference information at the beginning. This may sound familiar. It actually is like a descendant. It's like the granddaughter of the maker's notebook, which I remember we got these, you know, like a decade ago. Um, these were made by O'Reilly Make Magazine, and they were really cool. And you should get both. They're both. They both have their own pros and cons. Um, this is what the maker's notebook looked like, and it was uh, very cute. But for example, if you look at this resistor color code diagram, you're like, ah, oh, man, you know, I like the the blue spot color, but what if it was in full color? That's right. Well, the innovation notebook is in full color. It's a very nice printed full color as well. It's not like dithered. It's very, it's a pure full color thing, and it's got 40 pages of reference information. So like. 
NeoPixel addressable LED info, and then there's part numbers. So if you're like, I just want to, I just want to get the most popular NeoPixel ring, or I want to get the most popular like, you know, RGB LED. It, it's like right there. They give you the pinout, but they also tell you the part numbers. You can immediately just get it. So it's just like, this is like the top 100 products that Tajiki sells, the most popular ones. Um, so you don't have to even search. You just type in that part number. Um, they've also got I, what I really like is they've added more boards and pinouts. So here we've got. Um, some feathers, and they list some of the more popular feathers and their specifications. Um, they also got the Teensy, so it's really great to see other people in the maker community getting highlighted. Um, there's also a website that you can go to. Uh, it's if you just Google for DigiKey Innovation Handbook. The, the URL is there. If you go to the, the product page, you can you can see the page. Um, this one it has all these downloads and PDFs and calculators. So it's like. If you're on the go, or you don't want to use your computer, or you know you, you don't you want to just have a quick paper reference, use the book. But then if you go to the website, there's more detail, automatic calculators and automatic like resistor decoders and, and all that good stuff. Um, but the core of it is also online, so you don't have to buy the innovation notebook, although I think you should. Um, there's also the most popular wireless modules, community boards, Arduinos, BeagleBones, Raspberry Pis, feathers, and of course the Teensy. Um, they've also got all those passive components and motors and addressable LEDs. What I like is that it's made a little bit more modernized. Again, like a lot of old reference books didn't have addressable LEDs. Maybe they didn't cover motors. Maybe they didn't cover, um, you know, Raspberry Pi computers. But now this is, you know, you are as likely to throw a Arduino Pro Mini into a project as you are a diode. So, uh, yeah, they should have both in there. And then, of course, all the part numbers for the most popular versions. And if you want to staple together your own notebook, they also have a downloadable Smith chart, um, isometric paper, which is cool, or um, gridded paper, so you can create your own custom notebook or if you have a three-wing binder. Um, but I do recommend if you have a cart on DigiKey, toss one of these into your cart, and then next time you check out with some you know, components or whatever, this will come with it, and you'll be like, hey, this is a cool gift because this is a very affordable book, and it, I think it would make an excellent gift to... Um, a student or an engineer or a maker, like you'll want to have one of these as reference because some of the pages are things that I'm like, oh yeah, I'm constantly looking this up and it would be great if I didn't have to remember how to Google it every single time. All right, it's available on DigiKey. Hundreds in stock. Yeah. Hundreds. DK Handbook is the way to get it or you can use a short URL, which is right there. And uh, can I, I think this some, is, some of the other yeah, ones? this yeah. is the first uh, DigiKey NPI that's from DigiKey. Okay, so, um, so you get all like the standard like Ohm's Law stuff, you're used for that, reference info. This is really handy for me. I'm always like, what is 550 nanometers? Well, now you can see what the color is. And it's in color. Like, if you're going to have a color, I feel like if you're going to have a color printed booklet, you should have a color reference. Um, HTML, CSS colors, also good for NeoPixels because they're also addressed with um, numbers. Of course, symbols and logic gates, uh, conversion formulas, temperature fun facts, uh, of course, your standard resistor um, book. And then if, if you want to just pick up a resistor pack, they've got their resistor kits. Um, I like these because they have like, you know, five of each resistor. Um, capacitor and derating information, addressable LEDs. The most popular SMD LEDs and through-hole LEDs, you just want a blue five millimeter diffused, here's the part number. It's like you don't have to think, just get just get that and you know it'll, it'll be good because it's the recommended one. Op-ep circuits, linear regulators, transistors, um, motors. I thought this was cool because oftentimes um, this doesn't get included, but you know, vibration motors, DCs, and servos are they're so common for people to add into their projects. So having the, the reference information here. And then for me, I'm always looking up what are the USB pinouts for USB connectors. So this is, this is really good for me. Like, is, is white data minus or is green? Whatever. Now you can just look it up. Um, various connectors in like Ethernet and, and you know, DE9s and terminal blocks. Uh, package reference sizes, common packages. And I think these are to scale, too, which is kind of nice. Um, PCB specifications, and then don't forget they have a PCB service now. Wire amperes, SIM cards, IoT, popular dev kits, including Raspberry Pi Pico that made it into this. So you can tell this was, they pushed this out, but not before they got everything in. Um, Community-based boards, prototyping, uh, pinouts for your favorite development boards. And then, of course, DigiKey fun facts before you get into... 120 gridded pages. So 
good for your projects, good for reference. Yeah. A lovely presence. I like this idea too because DigiKey was known for like their big catalogs, but those eventually aren't accurate because there's and new stuff. And they're also so big. And you may throw it away. This you'll keep maybe forever, and it's a useful thing. So that is this week's I on MPI. I on MPI. All right, Lady Ada, it is time. That's right. Before people uh, load up their cart, just get ready. It's, it is hot. It is the code. It is Let's hot. Let's see some new products. Yeah. New, 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 new. All right, uh, first up, we have some revisions and more. We had a lot of revisions. Products. Okay, so we revised the Lady Data Toolkit. Uh, now has a nicer temperature controllable soldering iron and a nicer soldering iron stand. Otherwise the same, a great starter toolkit for anyone who wants to uh, get doing electronics and wants a little bit of everything. I know you can get like you know, $20 starter kits for electronics, but this actually has the good stuff. Right, the good stuff. Right. Including a power supply circuit. Um, we've also revi been revising our USB device, uh, sorry, our GPS devices. So our old GPS module supplier stopped making the GPS module, which is unusual because I really liked it. Uh, but we found a GPS module that has the same performance and the same pinout. So it's a little bit thicker, but it now supports uh, GLONASS, which is the Russian uh, global positioning system version. So you can maybe get more reception um, around the world, not just from the US system, but also from yeah. the Russian system. And we have it in our breakout. We have the breakout, uh, the, the USB breakout. We've also got the Raspberry Pi hat, so we revised that. Um, and then we are going to do um, the Arduino Shield next. We are reordered the Arduino Shield, but you're going to see every one of our Ultimate GPS products get revised. A little thicker, but and the antenna query command changed a little bit, but otherwise it's pretty much drop-in compatible. Next up. Next up, we've got, this is you requested, this is a USB-C yeah. right angle cable. One end, standard USB Type-A, although it's reversible. Good for keeps. And this is a right angle on the other end, so you can flip it around right angle. What I like about USB-C, of course, it's you know, flippable, so you only need one right angle cable. What I hated about like Micro-B is you needed right angle both directions. Yeah. Yeah, and you can see it's weird. It's, it's reversible yeah. on the other side, too. All right, next up. All right, next up. This is by JP's special request. People who know JP knows he likes his keycaps. He really likes... Uh, windowed keycaps. This is a windowed keycap. This is a kind of an obscure uh, type of keycap. It's opaque black, black plastic and it has a little clear uh, window. So hold on, let me let me get in close. One moment. Okay. So um, you can see this keycap, it's opaque and then the NeoPixel, so this is of course you want to use this with something that has LED underlining. The LED is down here. It shines through the body of the key, because this is like a LED compatible key. And um, out to here where you can see the light shine through and it kind of curves around. It's a kind of an elegant minimalist. It's a little like 2001 Space Odyssey. But if you like the look, um, these keys, key caps are hard to get. So I snagged a couple hundred of them. Uh, they're not inexpensive, but this is kind of the only place you can get them. They're very, very rare um, to find. So some people like the look, uh, and then of course you can uh, customize the top however you want or just keep it nice and neutral black. Okay, next up. Okay, so this is a chunky battery. So we've already stocked the 660, sorry, 6,600 milliamp hour version of this battery, but batteries have improved in like the 10 years since we stocked this 660. So this is, sorry, 6,600. So this is 10 amp hours, so it's like 40% more, or maybe like 50% more, um, but it's the same physical size. So it's, it's still three 18, uh, 650 cells, but these are the high capacity version. These are the uh, three 3400s, not the 2200s. So the, the, the batteries are a little bit nicer, a little bit better, so you get more capacity. You get what normally would be like four batteries worth you need. Um, you only get it, get it in a smaller package uh, from PK Cell, which I really like. Um, these are already, uh, they're, they're packed and welded, and they're symmetric, and they have a battery protection circuit. So if you really need a high capacity, do this. Don't DIY your own battery packs. Just get a pre-made battery pack with the capacity you need, like this one. All right, next up, we've got the um, SHT30 enclosed sensor. It's basically an SHT30, which uh, you know, folks, 
here know. I love it. It's an I squared T temperature humidity sensor. It's high quality from Sincerion. Um, this one, it comes enclosed. It's not waterproof, okay? It's not even weatherproof, but it's just like protected. And uh, I just I just popped this off very quickly. It's got a nice mounting hole. It's got holes in it. So it's just kind of nicely enclosed. But inside, you can see it's just the sensor, uh, capacitor, pull-up resistors, and then um, a nice cable at the end. It's a very convenient wired I squared C sensor. Folks, stop using DHT sensors. Use this instead. Much better quality. Much easier to use. Don't have to like, mess around. Use this real I squared C's. The good stuff. But throw away your DHTs and use one of these instead. Next up. Next up, another request. You wanted us to carry some like cyberpunk panel mounted mousing devices. So this is a panel mount friendly or like attachable friendly um, touchpad with two buttons. And we also have a version that is a uh, trackball. So we kind of got one of each. The trackball version has like three buttons. The touchpad has two. It's just USB mouse. So you plug it in and the touchpad shows up like a digitizer. The trackball shows up like a mouse. It's great for use with like a Raspberry Pi or single board computer or anytime you're making, a lot of people make projects with single board computers. They want a mouse, but they don't want like a literal mouse that you have to like move around because that's like an external thing. This way it's enclosed inside of, you know, your project or it's mounted on the top. It's more durable because there isn't like this cable and this mouse thing hanging off. Um, but you can give people the ability to like do a touch controller. Also, sometimes you don't have a touch screen. Uh, or you don't want people putting their dirty mitts on the screen. Um, these two will work great. And again, just plain USB. All right, and next up. Okay, from SparkFun, our friends at SparkFun, they have uh, all sorts of cool, quick STEMA QT compatible boards. Uh, somebody sent this to us and said, hey, you should stock this. So I'm like, you're right. This is a great add-on fat or like mini hat which plugs onto a Raspberry Pi or a Raspberry Pi Zero, really anything with the 2x20 header. It also works like the Jetson Nano and other 2x20 header single board computers. And it gives you um, the I2C connections with STEM IQT connectors on the top. So you can plug in any of SparkFun or Adafruit I2C sensors, and we make like hundreds of them right in, no wire required, uh, really easy to use with I2C, and they even give you a little button on the end. All right. And my request, if SparkFun's watching, um, we stock a bunch of your stuff. Stock more of ours. Asking for a friend. Okay. All right. Star of the show tonight, besides you, Lady Eight of the community, our customers, our staff, and more, is um, a, bu feet. a bunch of feet. I can get you a human toe. Do you yeah. need a human toe tonight? Well, I got, I got yeah. these toes. I don't so need toes. So we have all these feet in different colors. Feet, 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 feet. And uh, I'm just going to show all the different colors. Black. Really fast. Gray. Yeah, and here's a... Next to a coin. Yeah, just Silver, see the size. Green, blue, circuit oh, path on purple. Red. red. And then uh, here they are. Okay, so I'm going to show this up. So these are just like fun. They're actually designed for keyboards, but I think they could be good for any enclosure design, anything with electronics where you want really um, nice little feet on your project, especially if you're using a, a um, anodized aluminum enclosure because these are also anodized aluminum. So they come with an M4 screw, so that's how you attach them. Of course, you can also put foam tape. There's a lot of surface area, and it's nice and smooth. You can put some 3M foam tape here and use that to attach it to your enclosure. So they're kind of cool, like cyberpunk, like, you know, cylindrical conic section things going on here. And then this is a silicone or other soft rubber bumper thing. So inside here, this whatever touches the floor or your desk is nice and soft and um, it doesn't move around easily so it won't scratch but it also won't slide and it comes in multiple colors like these greens or like i said we've got this cool purple color i like the purple but you know some people like other colors we've got the red color and we've got I couldn't really make up my mind there were so many colors and i love the look of anodized aluminum i always think it looks great black uh, silver and gray. So space gray, you know, in a kind of a silvery color. So you got all these different colors. Uh, you get two each per package because usually you'll want either two or four. And uh, I don't know, they look like eyes, multiple eyes staring at you. They do um, look like eyes. But they're great little feats. Nice feats. All right. Feats. And that is your products. All right. So, um, I Don't forget back. the code. It is hot. It's hot. It's the code. 
All right, um, we're gonna do some top secret, and while we're doing top secret, post up your questions. I've got some loaded up. We'll get to them. Yeah. Let's do some top secret. Shh. What's in the vault? Well, I'm gonna play two videos back to back, and then we're gonna look at um, one of the boards you just posted. Ready? Yep. All right, Lady Ada, what is this? Hey, this is a uh, older product we've made. This is the Charlie Wing. It's got an I squared C to 15 by seven LED driver that can do 8-bit PWM for all of these LEDs, which is great for like, you know, monochromatic LED projects. You can see the nice uh, uh, dimming of each LED. But there's a new chip. This is the 3731. There's the 3741 from ISSI. And this one is full color because it can do so many more LEDs. It can do 351 LEDs, and you can divide it up. Um, here's the chip itself, and here's the LED matrix. I'm actually driving it from uh, this Metro Mini. And uh, yeah, it's a 39 by 9 uh, dot LED driver, but you can divide this by 3, so it's 13 by 9 RGB LED driver, which is a lot of LEDs. It's often used in some keyboard. All right, Lady Ada, what is this? These are some cool wireless LEDs. You'll notice that they have uh, they're LED soldered onto inductors, right? It's like a 2.2 microhenry inductor, and there's an LED in capacitor. So how are they lit up? Well, there's this gigantic coil underneath. So this is like an inductive charging system, but it's split in half so that this is the large coil and it's powered from 24 volts. And these are little LEDs that when they're within like a foot or so of the coil, I can move yeah. up and down and around, uh, they light up. So these are used by model makers a lot, but they could have some like cool jewelry or like installation or aesthetic purposes oh, they're kind of neat you can see they can you can move them around anywhere in the open space of the coil yeah. and uh, they stay lit that's, that's cool. pretty neat all right and then you have these three uh things that well there's there's two leaks. and then the back yeah. so i just i'm making you know i'm trying to get back into um, my stem qt game i was doing one a week and then i kind of got distracted a little bit because it got nice out um, so getting back into that, uh, our two popular RTC boards, I sort of reimagined them, but in STEM QT format and a little battery holder on the back. All right. That's top secret. Get back in the vault. Let's get to some questions. Yeah, we're going to do questions. Um, let's do it. So I'm going to load these up. I'm just going to start with uh, this one here, and then I'm going to bounce to a bunch. So we'll speed around it. Ready? Mm-hmm. Micropad seems like it be, might be uh, more complicated to manufacture, pick and place, board alignment, OLEDs, thrill soldering. What is the most complicated product Adafruit has manufactured so far? The Micropad is pretty complicated. Um, is it the most complicated? I think the Qualia is one of the toughest ones that we make, but the, the Micropad has, has a lot of steps, right? Because it has both the, the display and um, through hole soldering. Actually, the, the Pi Gamer was really complicated too because it was, it's double-sided. There's through hole soldering um, and there's a hand solder display. So the Pi Gamer and, the, and, and you know, a little bit the Pi Badge are, are pretty tough. All right, uh, how do I connect a relay to a prototype board properly? The pins don't seem to line up. Yeah, they don't. Um, solder wires to it, you know, or, or use a relay breakout. They, they're not on a grid usually. Okay. Uh, next up, question for later in the show. I re remote sending. I have no problem using the libraries to read and send remote codes, uh, but I can't seem to get the range of the basic factory TV remote. I have a project that needs to blanket two bookcases with on and off signals for battery control candles. The remote uh, candles that ship with the uses a CR2032 battery and works clear across the living room. I've brought two pack pack after pack of IR emitters. No luck. Um, so you can't drive the IR emitter directly from a pin. You have to use an amplifier. So check out the TV Be Gone or look online for how to use a transistor as an amplifier. That's why a remote is working. You can't just plug the IR LED into a Metro pin and expect to get any range. Okay. Uh, what factors do you consider for trying to plan how many of a product to release? Uh, how did you do this in the younger days of Adafruit? I usually, you know, earlier in Adafruit, I would do 50. Um, now I start with 250. That's pretty much it. All right. Next up. Um, are there any good sources to find updated list of SOICs by features, for example, um, 
what's out there that's well supported via Arduino to something comparable to Espressive ESP chips with Wi-Fi and Bluetooth? I think you just have to kind of like read you know, blogs and see what people are working on. Um, there's no central repository you can check the Adafruit blog. We, we try to post about stuff, but it's just you know, ambient knowledge of what the new chips are because there's so many companies. Uh, you, know, you could try to subscribe to all their newsletters, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of gunk in them. Yeah. Next up, how does it, uh, Lady Ada come up with fresh board ideas? Um, how are Adabox ideas pitched? And how did these ideas transfer to manufacturing? For example, Funhouse, Macropad, etc. Um, we go to Chinese dim sum, and we just think what would be fun. And then throughout the year, we collect ideas. When we see things, we're like, oh, that would make a good Adabox project. And so we have a secret list of, you know, 15 different projects that we can pick from. Um, when we can finally implement them. Sometimes, sometimes we're like, oh, we can't do this yet because we're missing some magical ingredient or some components out of stock. But when we can, uh, we'll pick an idea off the list yeah. and, and use that. We broadcast everything. This is one of the few times because we're usually uh, eating in a restaurant. We wouldn't do that. That'd be um, weird. So I, looking back now, I think one of the ways that we do it is I basically interview Lady Ada about what's currently possible. What's the best possible chip right now, what's the best possible thing that we can do? And then I, I ask her a bunch of questions, and then if it's for a theme like Halloween, um, we try to take like the state-of-the-art best things possible or like the coolest open source stuff that we've just been working on. And we try to find a theme, and now we also have the added complexity of what is JP going to dress up like? Right. And so um, that's... So we have to think about it. Yeah. So that's why it takes dim sum and sometimes drinks to figure this out. But um, I have a... a a sketchbook-ish thing of each um, Ada box, and they're pretty spot on. We'll we'll sketch out what the Ada box is going to be, and then months or years later, now um, it's pretty one to one. But we sometimes we have to wait. Like there was no such thing as like RP twenty forties. There was no such thing as ESP thirty two S two, and so it's like whatever is the best thing possible, and what can we do, um, and get them out there. Let's see. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. I think that might be all the questions. Uh, oh, the uh, wireless LED thing, is that just a soldered straight onto the inductor? Like the... Uh, yeah, basically. It's just the LED on inductor with a cap. Yeah. I mean, it's very you have some fun ideas. I mean, the LED is a diode, right? So you don't need a diode. Yeah. And let's see. Um, I think we got all of them. Oh, someone just signed up for Natebox. Thank you. Yes. Um, so with that, those are our questions yes, this week. Subscribe. Keep hanging out. Discord. Ask all the questions. You'll all join 29,000 of us over there. All right. Um, so we're going to wrap up the show this week. Um, don't forget, it is hot. Is it it's code. hot. Yeah. And uh, we're going to see everybody next week. Have a safe, happy, healthy fourth or whatever things you're doing this Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Don't forget, we're going to be gone. Don't blow off your fingers or Friday to damage Monday, your eyes. But order all your stuff now because it will ship out in the next day We're for sure and um thanks to cara i think to cara's behind the scenes today thanks to cara thank you so much and special thanks to all the Adafruit team members the community members our customers and everyone been keeping us going and uh thanks for reading some of the articles we get out there we're trying to not only be a weirdo independent cool open source hardware company but we're also trying to keep like independent journalism going on for the electronic space so um thanks to the folks that answer the questions that we send over um, we like publishing those because uh, we get a lot of questions and we like to be a good advocate for the community and also we're curious. So that is everything this week. Here is your moment of Zener. Thanks, everybody. And Have to a play great July 4th. To play us out after, we're going to play the little Adabox song that Ooh. we have.